This week's message, given by Pastor Stephen Yun at the Sakasana United Methodist Church, April 2nd, 2023. Would you join me as I pray? Oh God, as we begin this holy week, we ask for your mercy and love. We ask that your Holy Spirit open our hearts and minds so that we can hear you. May the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So there was a boy named Bastian. He was going through a tough time and struggling to fit in at school after his mom had just passed away. And his dad didn't really understand what he was going through as he was still actively grieving. One day after getting thrown into a dumpster by some bullies, Bastian finds some peace and quiet in a bookstore where he encounters a mysterious book called The Never-Ending Story. When he starts reading the book, something unbelievable happens. He gets stuck into this magical world called, called Fantasia and becomes a key player in the story. As some of you know, this is the tale of the never-ending story which was turned into a movie in Germany back in 1984. When I read um, this story that I read about this boy who gets thrown into the story he's reading, it made me think about what it means to read the timeless stories in the Bible as if they were alive and full of mystery and wonder. As you delve into the stories, you feel like you're right there with them. You know, it's like we become part of this greatest stories of all time. It's not magic like in the novel, but it's the power of God that pulls us in. When we read the Bible, we can look at them in different ways. We can approach the biblical stories in different ways. Usually we read them like we're watching a movie from the outside as a third-person observer. You know, we get to see different characters and storylines zooming in and out of the story. We get a big picture a view of the story. But sometimes as we are reading, we suddenly feel like we are right there in the story. It's like we're not just watching anymore. We are part of it. You pull into the biblical story, especially when you place yourself in a biblical scene and imagine yourself as part of this story. And this way of looking at the Bible is part of a long Christian tradition of contemplation, and our Christian ancestors used it as one of the spiritual discipline, and they used it uh, as a way to pray with Scripture. It can be really powerful because it helps us to feel like the stories in the gospel, you know, uh, the stories are alive and real, not just something that happened long time ago. For some of you, this might be how you naturally read the Bible, if you are read the Bible on a regular basis, but for others, it might be new. This morning, we read and heard and watched gospel about the final week of Jesus, which we call Holy Week. 
As you read this story, as you hear this story, where did you see yourself in these stories, friends? Were you outside treating them like an ancient historical account, looking in from an objective third-person perspective? Or did you feel like you were inside the stories, imagining yourself as one of the characters and like those who read and acted out the passion narrative this morning? As we follow Jesus' journey in the Gospels, I encourage you to imagine yourself in the stories and try to picture what you would see, hear, and feel if you were there. You can imagine yourself in different roles and positions within the stories, which give you different perspectives and insights. It's important to remember, though, that where you stand determines what you see and what you don't see. First, in the story of Jesus entering Jerusalem in Luke 19, try to imagine yourself as one of the spectators or an observer standing at the gate of Jerusalem. You're watching as people shout and screaming and wave palms for Jesus. You could also position yourself as a member of the crowd or one of the Jesus' disciples who praised Jesus as their King and Messiah. You could even try to picture yourself as the colt that Jesus rode on. Again, each position perspective offers its own unique vintage point and insight into the story and can help us hear uh, God's voice in our own lives. In this painting, you see Jesus entering Jerusalem. This is an example of biblical scene in Luke 19. As you're looking at this scene, where do you find yourself in this story, friends? Where do you find yourself? A few years ago on Palm Sunday, I delivered a sermon from an unusual perspective, that of a colt riding or carrying Jesus on its back. If I were that colt, the first question I would ask is, why me? Why me? If Jesus is the Messiah, if he is a king, why would he ride on me instead of a majestic war horse like the um, Roman soldiers did? You know, I'm just a pack animal, lowly creature of industry. I'm not the kind of animal a king would typically choose to ride. So why would Jesus choose such a vulnerable creature like me for this triumphal entry into Jerusalem? Why me? My perspective as a cult prompts me to ask these important questions, which would allow me to dive deeper into the story. And it reminds me that Jesus was a different kind of king. He came as the Prince of Peace to share the love of God rather than to control and dominate the world. It leads me to some of the soul-searching questions. What does my position as a cult say about me as a Christian disciple? What truth does this story reveal about the way I respond when the Lord calls me into something that's bigger than me? What has been my responses when the Lord says to me through the scriptures, through mostly through other people around me, 
hey, Stephen, the Lord needs you. What has been my responses? What about this story of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? You know, which we reflected on last Sunday in connection to Psalm 69. How did you engage with this story? Where did you uh, find yourself in this biblical story? Did anybody imagine yourself as the place where Jesus sat and prayed to God? If so, what did you notice about his face, his tone of voice, or his gesture? What was he praying about? And I assume some of you pictured yourself as one of the disciples in this story. If so, what did you observe from Jesus while you slept and ignored his pleas to stay awake at the Garden of Gethsemane? What hindered you from obeying Jesus' words? How could you have supported him instead of ignoring his agony and his affliction? As one of the disciples in the story, I examine myself. What hinders me from obeying Jesus' words? When Jesus says, Stephen, I need you to stay with me. Watch and pray with me. Whether it was because of my feeble, physical, emotional, spiritual condition, have I ever ignored the agony and anguish of those who are part of the body of Christ? those who needed me to, to be fully present and, and to pray with. Friends, are you following me here? This morning I'm asking a lot of questions, not because I want you to answer those questions, but I want to show you the process of self-reflection as you position yourself in these biblical stories. And I hope you can open yourself to the questions that arise from your positioning in the story. This morning, we heard the story of Jesus carrying the cross down Via Dolorosa. Did anyone picture yourself as part of the angry crowd or one of the mourning women in the passion narrative? What did you expect to see as Jesus was carrying the cross? How did you feel as you saw Jesus struggle to carry the burden of the cross? When Simon was forced to step in, what did you notice? During the Passion Play, as you watched Stephen perform, or heard the vocal story, did any of you feel confused and upset? As Simon. You know, you were just as a spectator. You're there for the Passover. You're, you know, you just, you just wanted to observe the uh, Jewish holidays as, uh, as devout Jew, but, but then you were grabbed by one of the Roman soldiers and forced to carry the cross behind Jesus. As a Jew, you would have been defiled by the blood of condemned criminals and unable to participate in Passover according to Jewish purity law. So you might have asked yourself, why me again? Why me? Why were you chosen among the bystanders? 
How would carrying the cross change your original plans for coming to Jerusalem? What do you think Jesus would say or show you as you walk with him towards Golgotha? How would this experience change your life and make you part of God's salvation story and history? When you ask to help carry a part of someone's cross, someone's burden, how do you receive them? Maybe what we often see is the crowds around us and can picture anyone willing to step into a crisis we have made ourselves. I mean, we see this all the time in our society. Gun violence, addiction, racism, military aggression, war. The list goes on and on. What is our response? What is your response, friends? Are you doing it willingly or reluctantly? Are you a bystander? Or are you following Jesus' example of compassion and love? Finally, Luke's Gospel recounts the story of Jesus of, uh, at Golgotha, where he was crucified, mocked, and insulted, hung on the cross. At the scene, where do you see yourself? Where do you find yourself in this biblical story? Do you position yourself in relation to Jesus on the cross? Are you one of the Roman soldiers or two criminals hanging on the other side of the cross? Or one of the women wailing for Jesus? I want to invite you to take a look at this painting. I showed it to my son Wesley yesterday and asked what he saw. He answered, Jesus. Wow, Jesus? When I asked him where Jesus was in the painting, he said, on the cross. Wow, I was impressed with him seeing Jesus without Jesus here in this painting. And this painting was created by a French artist, James Tissot. It's titled, What Our Lord Saw From the Cross. What a perfect title for this painting. This painting offers a unique perspective as it shows Christ looking out at the crowd of spectators, including Mary Magdalene, the closest, the Virgin Mary clutching her breast, and John, the apostles, looking up with hands clasped. It's interesting to see the crucifixion from Christ's viewpoint rather than as a bystander. You know, most paintings of Jesus on the cross show him from the perspective of a bystander, but this one puts us in Jesus' shoes. It helps us imagine what he saw and felt, what he felt in his final moments. It draws us closer to his final thoughts and feelings and helping us to understand how Jesus would have perceived those around him, including his enemies, and friends, who was present at his death. It's like we are right there with him. But if we go back to the stories that happened during Jesus' final week in his life, we read the story from this particular perspective, the perspective of Jesus. What if we reread this story of Simon, carrying the cross with Jesus. 
What if we reread the story from Jesus' perspective? What about the story of Jesus in Gethsemane? What happens when we reread the story from the Christ perspective? What about the story of, of Jesus entering Jerusalem? What does it mean to reread the story from Jesus' perspective? Going back to the never ending story, as Bastian the boy reads on, he becomes more and more involved in the story and he realizes that he has the power to shape the outcome of the story. And with his newfound courage and determination, Bastian helps to save the world, the Fantasia, and discovers important lessons about the power of action, the power of imagination. The importance of facing one's fears and enduring nature of hope. You know, he wasn't just a bystander in it. In the same way as we are pulled into the biblical stories and try to see things, see people from Jesus' point of view, of course we cannot change the biblical account, what happened in the Bible. But we can still change our broken life, our broken world, based on what we see, hear, feel and discover from the timely stories of Jesus. Through these holy, never-ending stories, God reminds us that we are no longer a bystander, but important figure in God's story and history of salvation. God reminds us that the Lord needs us. The Lord needs me. The Lord needs you. May God continue to bring each of us to places where we are called to serve as God's hands and feet and carry one another's crosses. Amen.